Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing you the Word of God. Again, it's always an honor, always a privilege to bring you the Word. We're so grateful that you're connecting with us. Once again, we're going to dive right back into Ephesians 6, praise God. And we're going to go to verse 10. We've been talking about the armor of God. Verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, which is a key word today, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand or resist in the evil day or evil moment, evil time, okay? And having done all to stand, you stand therefore, all right? Now that's, like I said, that's a key word we're going to use here in a bit. Uh, and then it says, having gird your waist with truth. Here's all the armor. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always. Now, you notice it just moves right in, talking about it. it doesn't change. There's no subject being changed, really. There's uh, no end of a sentence, start of a sentence. You notice it's praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So he's talking about, amen, going to battle against your enemy in the area of prayer, okay? So praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful or awake or vigilant to this end with all perseverance, okay, or persistence. This word also means steadfastness or constancy, uh, continuance, uh, stick-to-itiveness, okay, which is kind of a key thing which we're going to touch on today, all right? So this perseverance and supplication for all the saints, okay, not only for yourself but for others, right? And for me, Paul says, in other words, as one of their leaders, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, obviously, talking about praying for him, that these doors of opportunity would open for him, and he'd have opportunity, praise God, to speak boldly the gospel, hallelujah, unto others, praise God. So he's talking about praying not only for yourself, but for those around you, for your loved ones, amen, and also for those maybe that are in your life, leaders, that type of thing, your church, that kind of a thing. Now, I said all that because of basically what we've been emphasizing through this whole series, okay? We've been talking about, you know, this, uh, this fight that we have against our enemy in the area of uh, prayer, intercession, supplication, okay, and, and what that means. So, uh, or at least emphasizing that. So, verse 10 again, let's go back up here. It says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Let's just kind of give a little bit of review on that. Uh, the word here is talking about being infused or empowered, being strong in the Lord, and it talks about a submission. That's what that's talking about. In the Lord is referring to a submission to His uh, Lordship. Uh, a good reference to that, um, James 4, 7 uh, says this, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you, okay? Now, that's a verse we're going to go to here in a few minutes. But anyway, it also says then, be strong in the Lord, and also says be strong in the power 
of his might. In other words, not only being submitted to his lordship and leadership, but also be submitted to his ability. Uh, you know, the word uh, might means an ability to accomplish anything, okay? So we're talking about his, not only his lordship, but his power. Not only is he able to lead you, but he's also able to empower you to do what needs to be done, praise God, which is very key, all right? Then it says, put on the whole armor of God. Now, I'm going to read through these next few verses and emphasize what we're going to talk about today. Put on the whole armor. You know, it's not just part of it. You know, with, uh, if you're going to miss out on the armor, if you don't have the armor, you're an easy target. If you're missing out on any piece of armament or you don't understand the pieces of armament, you're probably going to be vulnerable under the enemy. Okay, no armor, easy target. Uh, you're off on some of it or you have a piece of it, uh, you're going to be vulnerable. Just keep that in mind. So put on the whole armor of God. Okay, you notice it's the armor of God. Okay. So it's good, good to know that you then, now it's, it's pointing at you, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the plotting and the scheming, the manipulation of the enemy. But you notice it says that you. In other words, you put all this on because you have a job to do. Okay, you're the one that's going to battle. Now he's, offer, he's, he's providing you all the armament. He's providing you the weaponry. He's providing you the leadership. He's providing you the powerment. Okay, is what we're finding out through this whole text, all right? But you still have to go to, you have to, go to battle. You have to go to fight, all right? Uh, you know, the Word says that in Acts in 17 and 28, it says, in Him, you know, we've, we live and move and have our being, okay? It's always in Him. See, uh, understand, He's providing everything you need. It's in, you, in Him that you have life, that you, 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 you can move forward, you can, you can know who you are and walk in your purpose and all that kind of stuff. But the same thing holds, holds uh, true to this text, that it's in Him, okay, that you're able to do all these things. But He still says, you have to go do it. You have to be the one to stand against your enemy, all right? Now, this word stand, which like I said earlier is a key word, it just means a forward stance, or get this, or a continued stance. Talking about a posture or disposition, all right? But it refers to somebody that's willing to stay with it, to stick with it, all right? Even as we talked about earlier, that word persistence, okay? It's about staying with it, not quitting, not giving up. Everything we've been talking about over these last, whatever it's been, you know, five, six, seven weeks, whatever it's been, we're talking about a people who put on the armor and leave the armor on, okay? It's not about just put it on, take it off, put it on, take it off, but to leave it on because it's important to keep it on. It's important for you to always be ready to stand against your enemy, all right? To not let the enemy have place in your life, all right? So it says stand against the wiles, the plotting or scheming of the enemy. We do not wrestle, verse 12, against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. As we've talked about every week, our fight's not with flesh and blood. Our fight's not with each other. Our fight's not even with ourselves, all right? Understand, there's an enemy. He really emphasizes that in this text. We have an enemy to stand against, all right? All right, hang on to that. Verse 13 then, and it says, Therefore, taking up the whole armor of God, he repeats himself, that you, there it is again, that you may be able to withstand, or the word resist is what that word is, in the evil day or the day of pressure. In other words, whenever the enemy's coming, whatever time and time frame, moment, whatever it is that he's coming at you, be ready to resist. All right, that's what he's talking about. And having done all 
to stand, you stand therefore, and then of course then it mentions the armament, all right, which we're not going to go into all today, but we're trying to emphasize the fact that we have to put on the whole armor that we can stand, that we can resist against the enemy. And as it says here, having done all to stand. In other words, you think that you've done everything you know to do. Well, that's good. But it says, having done all to stand, you still have to stand. You don't, you don't get to a certain place in your walk that you no longer have a fight against your enemy. All right? There's always some time where you're going to have to resist. All right? You're going to have to uh, purpose in your heart to not give the enemy place, but to always purpose to resist or oppose your enemy. We, don't, we do not want to give him ground. We don't want to give him play, or, you know, any kind of ground or foothold or place in our life, in our family, uh, in our churches. Amen. We can go on and on and on here. Okay, so the bottom line is that we are called to resist. Now, as I said earlier, and I'm going to say it again because it's going to make more sense as we get into this today. Once again, he has provided you the armament. He's provided you the weaponry. He's providing you the leadership. He's providing you the empowerment, okay, to get the job done. But we still have to take all of that and get into a place of resistance against our enemy, not give him place. We cannot become complacent. We cannot become casual about this. All right, you got to get serious about it. A little statement years ago, if I knew who said it, I'd give them credit, but they said this, that casual Christians become casualties. All right, and that is something I have seen almost across the board. All right, when people do not take a stand against the enemy, all right, instead they get casual about their walk, about their faith. All right, it's only a matter of time the enemy somehow gets in there. People become too vulnerable, and all of a sudden he just kind of waylays them. He somehow comes in there and ransacks their life. Now, we don't want that to happen to you. I definitely don't want it to happen to me. All right, so these are important things to understand. So with that said, we're going to James chapter 4, please. James chapter 4. <clears throat> Hope you're hearing this, child of God. James chapter 4. <clears throat> Hallelujah. The verse that we've been kind of quoting throughout this whole series a little bit, and it just talks about, it says here, verse 7, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay, there it is. So once again, so you yield to God, and then it says resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Once again, showing you there's a fight. You know, one of the references I think about a lot of times out of 1 Timothy in chapter 6, in verse 12, it brings out that, you know, we're called to fight the good fight. You know, Paul says, I fought the good fight. Amen. You know, I, I, I went and did what I'm called to do. I kept the faith, praise God. I stayed in my fight. I stayed in my, my race. I didn't get, uh, you know, get out of it. I stayed and kept doing what I was called to do. And the word's real clear. We have a fight to fight. Amen. None of us are called to, uh, you know, somehow uh, forego that, okay? Everybody is called to resist their enemy, okay? Again, this verse, 4, 7 of James. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, something I want to bring out real quick, just briefly. Normally, I'd maybe make a lot of emphasis on this, but I'm just going to briefly say this. There's three parties mentioned in this reference, okay? In a lot of the verses that we go to and look at when we're talking about this subject, you're going to see pretty much across the board. You have God, 
You have the enemy and you have the individual, you or me or the individual talked about or discussed through, okay, or discussed about. Okay, number one, okay, God. The word says we're called to submit to God. Why? Because he's a good God. Amen. The word says you're called to resist the devil. Why? Because he's the devil's always bad. There's a good God, a bad devil. All right. Then there's an individual here discussed that we're he's called to flee from you. If we resist the enemy, he will flee from us. Okay. So there's something we're called to do. Now, the point I want to make about you and me, the individual mentioned here, is do they know the difference between submission to God? and resistance of an enemy. Because if we mess that up, if we get that confused, we're in trouble. And a lot of Christians get that confused. A lot of Christians have a tendency to submit to the enemy and somehow resist God. Okay, war against God. And the scriptures are clear. Okay, all you do is go back into Romans 8, somewhere in there, and you're going to find, amen, it talks about that, that you can literally resist God. All right? Now, we don't want to do that, and I know you don't want to do that. So in here, it's making it real clear. You have, a, you have a good God, you have a bad enemy, and you have an individual that needs to know the difference, okay? If you're going to, uh, you know, if we're, gonna, if we're talking about uh, getting into this fight, we're going to have to understand some real keys. Number one, submit to God, yield to God. Let God uh, uh, lead you, guide you, direct you, empower you, as we've talked about all through this series, all right? That's where it always begins. That's where it starts because it makes the resistance, it makes the fight it makes the warfare a whole lot easier, okay? And you bear a lot more fruit. You get a lot more done if you submit first to God, if you yield to God, okay? Then it says resist the enemy, okay? So to oppose the enemy, amen. Not give him place, but instead, praise God, war against him. Push back. Do not let the enemy take ground. Do what you can to push back back. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I want to say this, okay, as it says here, uh, resist the devil, amen, and he will flee from you, okay? It's talking about you resisting. You notice it didn't say God resists the devil, okay? Now, hang on to that because that's what's being said in here, and I want this to be clear with, with those watching and listening here, all right? Now, if this is going to work, the only way it's going to work is if you take your, you let, you do your part. There we go. You do your part, okay? Now, there's two things that God will not do for you. Even though he's done, paid a price for everything, sent his son, paid the price for all, amen. But there's two things in the scripture that it shows that he will not do. He will not receive for you, and he will not resist for you. You're called to do those things. You're called to be the one that receives, okay, the one that releases their faith. In other words, that's what you kind of see in this reference. If you're going to uh, receive from God, that means you're going to have to submit yourself to God, receive what he's leading you or telling you or instructing you, okay? So receive, okay, and then you're going to have to be the one to resist your enemy, all right? A lot of folks get that messed up because they think God's going to come in here and going to somehow push the devil back for them. And then, you know, when it doesn't happen, they get mad at God because it's not happening. Well, that's not, that's not his part. It's your part. See, he's empowered you. He's, uh, you know, given you the armor, given you the weaponry, given you the leading, giving you the, uh, you know, the empowerment. Amen. We can go on and on and on of everything he's provided for you as a child of God to give you dominion 
and authority to conquer. You're the overcomer. You're the conqueror. In fact, Scripture says you're more than a conqueror. The Word says that, that He's given you the victory, praise God. The Word says He's leading you in all triumph, praise God. We can go on and on and on with all these verses that tell you who you are as a child of God. Amen. That you are called to take place and push back the enemy. Oh, hallelujah. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Let's go back to uh, Luke chapter 10, please. Luke 10. Oh, hallelujah. Luke 10, and I'm going to go to verse 19. Jesus talking. Of course, a lot's happened here. He sent the disciples out two by two, and they came back with a bunch of victories, and, and they're all excited, and Jesus kind of talking to them, and he says this in the midst of this statement to him, Verse 19, Behold, I give you authority. This is Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Let's define a little bit of this, all right? This word here, authority, I give you authority, is the Greek word exousia, which talks about literally a delegated influence or jurisdiction or authority, all right? So he's saying here that he's given you the capacity to take charge here is what he's talking about. You've got delegated authority here. So he said this, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all, you notice this, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. All the power. Now that word is dunamis or dunamis, okay? It's sometimes pronounced either way, I guess. I've heard it both ways. And so basically what it talks about is an ability or power, strength, or might. Okay, so it's talking about that no matter how much power the enemy's trying to show, you have authority over it. You know, it says all the power. Now, the reason that kind of fits pretty good with the series we've been talking about is, you know, if we were back in Ephesians 6 and we were going through the, uh, the whole, uh, you know, section there in Ephesians 6 about the, about the enemy, it talks about, you know, principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age and spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. And we've taken the time and looked at that where that's all different levels of uh, or degrees or levels of authority or dominion that the enemy tries to walk in. In other words, demonic influences, demonic activity, okay? So the enemy tries to slither in there at whatever level he can get in. But this says, you know, you have authority over all the power of the enemy. So it doesn't matter whether it's a principality, power, ruler of the darkness of this age, spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. You have authority over it. You can walk in authority and dominion over that, praise God. But you've got to be willing to do it. And again, you go back to this. If you submit yourself to God, amen, you get that leader, that leading, you get that bidding, you get that direction from God, amen, you turn around now and you resist your enemy, you're going to be successful Every single time, child of God. Colossians 1 and 13, write that down. It just says this, that he has, talking about Jesus, now has delivered us from the power of darkness. Talking the same thing here. You've already got now the power. Oh, you got power over the power of the enemy, if that made sense. Amen. You have jurisdiction over whatever the enemy trying to do. You have authority over it as a child of God. 
You're the greater one. The word says, greater is he that's in you than he who's in the world. Praise God. You, hallelujah, have the greater one, the seeds of greatness on the inside. You've been engineered for success. Amen. Hallelujah. You got the victory already, praise God, based on what Christ has done for you, child of God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. First Peter, let's go there now. First Peter chapter 5, please. Oh, hallelujah. First Peter chapter 5. Hallelujah. Verse, uh, we'll go to verse, uh, verse 8, chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. And it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil. You notice he's making it very clear here, amen, who our enemy is, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Then it says, resist him, right? Steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. The point being made there is the fact that you ain't the only one going through warfare here. You're not the only one that's got a battle. You're not the only one that's got, uh, you know, that feels like sometimes you've got, uh, you know, the enemy breathing down your neck. Okay, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who you are. We all have a fight, okay? Now, it may not always be the exact same fight, but we all have darkness to deal with. We all have an enemy to resist. We all have a fight to fight. We all have a race to run. We all have a cross to bear. Child of God, we are all called to be a part of this and do our part. Amen. Nobody's exempt from this, all right? So we have to understand, amen, that we all have things to fight and war against, all right? Amen. Now let's back up here in verse 8 again. Be sober. That just literally means to be self-controlled. It literally means to be to not be under the influence of anything else. Okay, and that that comes in handy understanding this. Okay, so it's not just talking about under the influence of alcohol or drugs or something. He's talking about anything. Okay, sometimes you could be under the influence of fear. You could be under the influence of pressure, uh, financial pressure, under the influence of people pressures. Okay, you can't be under the influence of anything else. In other words, you got to make sure that you're, you're under the influence of God. Let God be God. Let God lead. Let God direct here. That's what he's talking about here. Okay, be sober, be vigilant, okay, or watchful or alert. Amen. Why? Well, because you have an enemy. He lets it be known. Your adversary, the devil, now is walking about like a roaring lion. That doesn't mean he is one, but he, he goes around trying to to be something bigger than he is, making a lot of noise, trying to somehow get you to run around in circles, uh, you know, running for your life all the time. Amen. It says he, he goes about like a roaring lion. Now, for whatever it's worth, you know, Psalms 3 says that God has knocked the teeth out of the ungodly. So even if he is uh, some kind of roaring lion, he ain't got no teeth. You know, he'll just, all he can do is really gum you. To, well, anyway, I'll just leave that alone. But the bottom line is it says he's seeking whom he may devour. That doesn't mean he has to. In fact, every time I read that, I say he may not hear. That's why, uh, you know, Ephesians 4 and verse 27, he says, neither give place to the devil. All right. Don't give the enemy place because he's looking for a way in. Okay. That's why you always resist him. Don't give him place. Amen. That's why he says he's going about seeking whom he may devour. Well, you can just say he ain't going to do it here. All right, that's just a, just a point you got to understand. Then it says, resist him. See, that's your place. You resist him steadfast, amen, in the faith. In other words, staying with it, amen. In fact, you know, I kind of titled this message Persistent Resistance, okay? 
And the reason being is, is you got to stay with it. You can't just, you know, get a, you know, push back a little bit and then say, well, I'm too tired now or, or whatever. Or, well, the pressure's too big. No, it ain't. You keep pressing and you got the promise of God that if you will submit to him and you resist that enemy, he will flee from you. That's a promise uh, from the good hands people. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is how it works. Amen. We don't give up. We don't quit. We don't back down. Uh, we don't get casual. As I said earlier, we don't get complacent. We don't just, uh, you know, uh, somehow lay down and, and let the enemy somehow slither in there. Praise God. No child of God. We refuse to give him place. We take a stand and we resist our enemy. No law, No matter if it takes an hour, it takes a day, it takes a week, it doesn't matter. We resist our enemy and we will push back darkness. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, let's take a look here at uh, Romans 16. Let's look at another one here. Romans 16. I hope you got an ear to hear now. Romans 16, please. Hallelujah. Verse 20. It says this, verse 20. It says, and the God of peace... Amen. Will crush Satan under your feet shortly. And that just means uh, you know, speedily or in haste. I mean, it's, gonna, it's quickly, all right? So uh, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. I love that. Uh, verse. Amen. It's a good promise. Amen. Hallelujah. If you'll just stand your ground. Amen. Keep resisting. Amen. You're, the enemy's going to be crushed under your feet. But remember now, it's your place, amen, to fight the fight. Don't quit. Don't give up. You have to get in this fight. You have to resist your enemy. And as we've talked about through this series, amen, how to, how to lift up and use that armor and lift up that shield of faith, swing that sword of the Spirit. We, we talked about how to do these things. You have to step up and do your resisting. Amen. Push back darkness. Uh, something I'd like to bring up, I uh, kind of came to my spirit this morning. I think about how many times people say, well, you know, all things are working together for good. And a lot of times that's said in ways that people just, just kind of get casual and they don't do anything. They just say, well, I'll just leave it alone and someday it's all going to turn out, which is a lie from the pit of hell. Okay, a lot of stuff does not turn out good. And if you do not do what the scripture says in Romans 8 there, if you're not somebody praying in the spirit, getting the leading of God, amen, and, and, and interceding and praying for stuff, I, it may not turn out good. So you cannot just take some verse and say, well, it's all going to turn out good someday. Uh, it, it may never turn out. And I know a lot of people, it never turned out good for them. Okay, so you can't just lay down. Another verse sometimes that gets pulled a little bit out of context is they say, well, the battle's not ours, but it's the Lord's. It's the Lord's fight, not our fight. And I've heard people use that, and it's just another excuse to do nothing. Now, listen, I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm not trying to uh, somehow uh, beat you up on this. I'm just showing you that God didn't always say the battle was his. Okay, he told Jehoshaphat the battle was his. He said, this fight's mine. But you have to understand, Jehoshaphat, and the people of God sought God, went after God. God gave them instruction. They turned around and followed him just to show God that they believed him. Instead of sending out the warriors, he sent out the praisers. And a lot of times we take that 
and we use it in everything saying it's always God's fight, not our fight. That's not true. Now, God will empower you. God will lead you. God has given you his armor. God has given you his weaponry. God has all kinds of other promises in the word that he will do, but he will not do the resisting for you. You have to be the one to resist. Oh, I hope you're hearing this, child of God. I think about things like um, Joshua, okay, when he took in the second generation into the promised land to take the promised land, which is more of a type of you and me. Okay, we're called to take our promised land, which means a, a life of victory, a victorious life. It's not talking about heaven. It's talking about us living in our promises today, all right, and how this works. Now, what he did... You know, he leads them. We see the whole instruction there in Joshua. He gives them in the beginning. Then he sends them toward Jericho, and he tells them how to do Jericho. He says the first six days you circle the city, all right? The seventh day you circle it seven times, and in the end of that you blow the trumpets and you give a victory yell, and the walls will come down, and it happened exactly as he said it would. Then they all picked up from there and headed toward AI, thinking they're just going to, AI's a little community, they're going to take AI. It's a fraction of the size of Jericho. Man, God's with us, here we go. And they came back with their tails between their legs in a place of, uh, you know, being embarrassed because AI kind of whooped on them. And so Joshua gets mad at God. And God says, I'm not your problem. All right? First off, there was sin in the camp. And secondly, he didn't, he didn't follow any kind of leading, all right? He just went on moving forward thinking it was just going to be like, you know, just like Jericho. Well, of course, they get, get everything all squared away. They get, the, uh, they get uh, uh, you know, this Achan and the whole problem there that happened there with Jericho. They get all that fixed and done and dealt with. And then he gets a leading of God to move forward. Now, I want to bring this to your attention, and this is why I'm saying it, is because from that moment on, they went back, took Ai, they had like 31 consecutive victories after that. But every one of them, okay, they went into battle and they took ground. They pushed back darkness and resisted their enemies and took ground. Are you hearing me today? All right, so you have to see, when we're talking about this, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but just to say that all things are going to work together for good or just to say that, you know, the battle's the Lord's, Okay, that, that could be a real cop-out, okay? Now, hear this, okay? Sometimes God will give you that instruction. Praise the Lord. That's great. But sometimes it's just a cop-out to do nothing. And I'm trying to tell you today, child of God, you got to get in this fight. you got to be the one to resist your enemy, amen, because God is not going to do that for you, all right? Now, if God gives you a leading on something he's going to do for you, that's wonderful. But you have to go into fight. You have to go into battle. You have to be the one that does the resisting. Amen to that. Praise God. The word says this, uh, you know, in Revelations 12 and 11, it says we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony, and loving not our lives even unto death. Now, the reason I mention this, right there, he's giving you some, some ways of resistance. They're different. The blood of the lamb is talking about based on what Christ has done. Uh, the word says, uh, you know, the blood of the land, the word of our tent, based on something that we are proclaiming and professing that we have a victory. Amen. And thirdly, amen, loving not your lives even unto death, which refers to, praise God, willingness to lay down it all, to move forward, no matter what, no matter the cost, no matter what's going on. These are all keys in the area of resistance. 
Now, I said all that just for this reason. It pays to submit to God first, amen, get a leading, get a bidding, and then begin to resist your enemy, praise God. Now, let's say this in closing, okay? James 5 says this, that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Because let's take it all back to what we've been talking about. Okay, taking your armament, going into battle, amen, especially in the area of prayer, intercession, supplication, not only for you, but for your loved ones, for your churches, for your leaders. Are you hearing me today? Amen. The word says, if you will go into battle, praise God, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That's James 5 and and I believe verse 16. Now, the reason I mention that is because prayer, always keep in mind about prayer. Prayer is two main things. It is, it is both a, uh, a vertical thing and a horizontal thing, all right? It is communion with God, and it is, amen, dominion on planet Earth. Amen, it's, it's communion with heaven, we could say, and dominion on planet Earth or against your enemy, all right? You take ground. That's what prayer is about. So if you understand that when you go into prayer, you understand, amen, that you are first and foremost honoring him, getting your bidding and leading and empowerment from him, and you're turning around now and changing, amen, your environment, changing your surroundings, changing things around you, praise God. Amen. You're the one called to go in and resist and push back, amen, and get the job done, praise God. The scriptures are so clear. Amen. uh, Jesus himself said this in Matthew 16. He said, I've given you keys of the kingdom. And what you bind on earth is bound in the heavens. What you loose on earth is loosed in the heavens. Praise God. I believe that's Matthew 16. I want to say like around verse 19 there. Amen. And what that's talking about, again, is about you're called to do battle. You're called to change things. You're called to make a difference, praise God. And again, he's not calling you to do anything outside of his or outside of being submitted unto God. That's why he said he's given you keys of the kingdom, praise God. Another reference I thought is a pretty good one. And I think in Mark 16, and we see in the Great Commission, all right, he said this. He said that, uh, uh, you know, you're going to go out there and and go into all the world and you're going to make a difference, praise God. But it said that you're called in his name to bind demons, take authority over demons. In fact, it says these signs will follow those who believe. Amen. Or uh, these signs will follow those who uh, be in Christ. In my name, they will cast out demons, it says. All right. So all I'm saying is, again, part of even the Great Commission is about you going out and pushing back darkness. This is what it's about. Amen. It's not just about going and winning souls and preaching, uh, preaching a message somewhere, although that's always part of it. But part of our great commission is to go out there and do battle. Do, hallelujah, what we're called to do in the area of resistance of our enemy. Hallelujah. Child of God, I hope you're hearing this today. Again, I want to say this real quick before I let you go again. Something I mentioned earlier, I'm going to say it again. Casual Christians become casualties. All right? And you will never conquer what you don't confront. And if you don't resist, it will never desist. So understand, okay, everything we're talking about today, amen, everything we've been talking about through this series is about you stepping up as a child of God knowing who your God is, knowing who your enemy is, and knowing who you are as a child of God. I hope you got something today. 
Praise God. Father, I give you praise and glory. Call this people blessed. Thank you they had an ear to hear, a heart to receive, and again, that you opened the eyes of their understanding today. And we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.